On Sunday, December 6, some Venezuelans will go to the polls to elect a new National Assembly. The vote has already been condemned by the international community as neither free nor fair, and yet the Maduro regime in Venezuela is touting this as a new day for Venezuela. This is Eric Farnsworth with the Council of the Americas again coming to you with Ryan Berg, a research fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. Ryan, what a pleasure it is to be able to talk about such a timely issue with you today. I want to get right into it. Uh, this is a big deal in, in terms of the future of Venezuela. Can you give us a little bit of a sense of what to anticipate on Sunday and what it all means? Thanks, Eric. It's a pleasure to be here with you. And, and of course, uh, what we're going to witness uh, is, is a fait accompli, an election with uh, the results already uh, known ahead of time. This is not democracy. It's a, it's a rigged election. Uh, we know what the results are going to be, and, and the opposition has, in fact, decided, uh, most of the opposition has, in fact, decided that they're not going to participate uh, in such unfree and unfair elections. And so what we're going to see uh, is a landslide uh, for Maduro's ruling Socialist Party. Uh, and uh, the consequences of that are, are pretty grave in terms of the opposition's uh, ability to push for political change on the domestic level. Uh, that is to say that uh, if the interim president, uh, Juan Guaido, no longer holds his office uh, because he's had his seat taken from him in these sort of sham elections, uh, the question of continuation uh, of, of his political movement and of his position uh, will be critical. And, and there are ways to do that in the Venezuelan constitution, but the question will be, uh, what will the international recognition of, of this kind of move be if, if the interim president that most of, a, most of these 60 countries have, have recognized uh, is no longer an official office holder in Venezuela? Well, I want to ask you about that because, uh, look, I mean, it's not like the international community doesn't know what's happened in Venezuela under Maduro and before him, Hugo Chavez. I mean, this is a once vibrant, if imperfect, democracy that was Latin America's wealthiest country that is now literally destitute, flat on its back, run by a cabal of, some people would call them criminals, uh, and the international community has been all over that. In fact, the OAS just recently uh, strongly um, suggested that the uh, international uh, criminal court should open up an investigation into crimes against humanity. So these are not new things. Why is this any different? Why do you think the international community would all of a sudden begin to back away? Well, my hope is that not too many countries of the uh, almost 60 country coalition would back away. But I do think that there are some uh, who are slowly creeping uh, back in the in the direction of, of relations with the Maduro regime uh, already. And, and they've been frustrated, I think, at the slow pace uh, of change uh, in Venezuela and the inability of the opposition to deliver uh, what it's promised uh, to keep people on the streets and to keep the pressure uh, going, as well as uh, some of the instances uh, of corruption within uh, the opposition uh, itself is sort of uh, uh, losing some of that distinction uh, with, the, with the Maduro regime uh, and its levels of, of corruption. And so I think that there are a couple uh, members of this uh, coalition who are looking for excuses, let's say, uh, to move back in, in the direction of, of relations with, with the Maduro regime. And, and this move may in fact uh, give them the, the ability or the, the cover to do that. One thing that's quite interesting to note, and I'll, I'll do it quickly, is uh, a number of countries who have recognized Guaido uh, still maintain uh, relations with the Maduro regime. They still maintain uh, the exchange of ambassadors and, and you know, thriving, lively embassies. And so uh, the level of recognition for, uh, for Guaido has been uh, different across these 60 countries. There are some like the United States who have 
cut off relations entirely uh, and removed staff from embassies in Venezuela. And then there are others who have sort of kept that, uh, that dual relationship going. And, and it might be easier for some of those countries to reestablish relations uh, if Guaido's position isn't shored up. I mean, your point about frustration and the slow pace of change, I think, is spot on. And we have to remember that every day, uh, you know, more Venezuelans are leaving the country because they're just desperate. In some cases, they literally can't get enough food to eat. I mean, you've got almost 20 percent of the entire population of Venezuela now outside of the country, the largest humanitarian disaster in Latin America's modern history. So this is this is real and it's affecting real people in a very significant way. All right. Well, we don't have a whole lot of time remaining, but I want to ask you the $64,000 question, Ryan. Uh, you've got a new U.S. administration coming into office uh, with circumstances on the ground in Venezuela deteriorating. Uh, what would you say to the new folks coming into the White House? Is there something that can be done uh, to help alleviate some of the pain and suffering that's ongoing right now in Venezuela? It's a tough question, and the, the administration is going to have to do a major rethink uh, of Venezuela policy. It's it's inheriting quite a bit of leverage with the architecture of sanctions that the United States has put on the the, the Maduro administration, and so it's uh, it it shouldn't just uh, squander that leverage, but it also I think has a desire to uh, to use that leverage uh, to engage in in some sort of uh, political transition negotiations. Uh, or some sort of negotiations to redo elections and in a freer and fairer manner. And so the the challenge I think for the incoming Biden folks will be uh, not squandering that leverage and, and using it properly, uh, but also uh, uh, for, from their perspective, being more open uh, to dialogue than say the the previous Trump administration was. Ryan, it's always great to talk to you. Look forward to doing so again very soon. Thanks, Eric.